Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This is the lamb Where's the lamb yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 44. And I am joined once again by um, one of my favorite guests and friend of the pod, Troy McGeady. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm so good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited to be back. I love doing I, this podcast. I'm so excited to have you, Troy. Um, I'm just, uh, I just want to say, first things first, I am just so proud of you. If you guys are not listening to The Smush Room, get over there as soon as possible. Listen to the amazing five-part like Beyonce and Jay-Z series that Troy has just put out. It's truly incredible. You are actually a pop culture historian, and I just want to brag on you a little bit first. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Honestly, that was like the hardest I've ever worked on like anything, like not even just podcast-wise, like (laughs) just in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that's like very much appreciated. Thank you. Yes, it's really incredible. So before we go into that, I just wanted to say first things first. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, Troy. So the reason that you are here today is because we are talking about a show that I know pretty much nothing about, but I have like a weird special connection to it. Um, So we're we're doing NYC prep. I am, I actually can't even express to you how excited I am to do this because I've been waiting for a moment to like verbalize my thoughts on this show, Uh, I guess for over 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> so here we are I like I love it okay so tell me tell me your background with the show because I know that in general you are a, a fan of the Bravo programming mm-hmm. yeah I'm I am a Bravo super fan so I, I I've pretty much watched every like worthwhile Bravo show and even the ones that weren't worthwhile <laughs> um and this was one that like during the time like I could not fathom a world where this would get canceled i was like this is premium programming this is the epitome of riveting television i was like this is the greatest show to ever exist (laughs) i was obsessed my family actually watched this show together which is like weird um but yeah i loved it i watched it like religiously when it came out that's that's so funny to me because I I had no idea that this was a thing. <laughs> like I was completely oblivious to it. And so the reason that I was interested to talk about this with you is because my connection to this is that I have a friend, like my best friend actually, the person that I talk about when I talk about my niece, that's her daughter. Okay. Um, <laughs> she was roommates, housemates because she lived in a historic house with Sebastian's girlfriend when he was a freshman in college. When we were <gasps> freshmen in college. So it's so weird to me because I'm just like, you know, she was talking about this girl that she was living with and she's like, yeah, and her boyfriend's on some reality show, NYC Prep. And I was like, I've never heard of that in my life. I don't know what this is. Oh my God, that's amazing. So it's just so funny because I, yeah, I heard these stories about, you know, them being like trashy, College of Charleston, party school, freshman, typical um so watching this going back to watch this it was so funny because i was like sebastian has a girlfriend yeah i was gonna say that must have been really hard for her to like i mean like his whole thing for the next like five years after this was that he was like a womanizer which is insane by the way 
Yeah, so I have no idea what the the content of their relationship was, how long they were actually together. If they were, truly were boyfriend and girlfriend, or maybe she was just going around telling people that Sebastian was her boyfriend. Who knows? We could be Sebastian truthers, so. Or if they were just hooking up. <laughs> hooking, what does that mean, Sebastian? Uh, literally, like, when I was going, I was, like, looking at, like, old comments and stuff on the internet of, like, people talking about the show, and the number one thing, aside from, obviously, PC sexuality, is, like, what is hooking up? Like, is Sebastian talking, holding hands, making out? Is he just, like, fucking everybody in New York City? Or, like, what does he mean by that? Right, so I was very confused about this, because Sebastian is, I was one of the youngest in the cast which I didn't realize at first because yeah he was positioned as such like a ladies man and he was talking yeah. like to the senior girls the junior girls and then I saw that he was only a sophomore and I was really shocked but I mean you know I was like I was so sheltered in high school and Sebastian and I are, are the same age like we were both you know class of 2011 when we graduated from high school okay. I didn't I didn't have sex I didn't like do drugs I think I had alcohol maybe three times the entire time I was in high school like I was so and it's not that I was sheltered I was just like afraid of being like bad I get it yeah and so to me, like people like hooking up and having sex with like multiple people in high school and doing all of these things, I, it was just like so shocking. So I, it's like, surely he wasn't, but also, yeah, because he, he probably was. He's, you know, like his dad says, he grows up in New York and the Hamptons and France. Like he has so many yeah. opportunities and experiences. Um, so that's just, I don't know, a little bit unsavory once you realize how young he actually is. I think that this, I, I've talked about this before in my podcast, that, like, this specific kind of generation of kids, like, kids that were graduating around, like, 08, 09, there was, like, I feel like a really big turn, um, because they had access to technology in a different way, like, sexually, there was a big turn, mm -hmm. like, people were having sex, I think, the youngest they ever had during this time, um, like, reality TV was, like, making kids think that they, like, the real world, you know, it was a different time, and, like, I, don't, I wouldn't say that he was having sex with everybody, but I would say that they were, like, diddling. Does that make sense? <laughs> heavy petting. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of heavy petting going on. Like, yeah, gross. But I think that's also something that I do remember thinking back on it as being in high school and having that, like, kind of cultural conversation of what does hooking up mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was something that was discussed, like, in Seventeen Magazine and, like, Cosmo Girl. Uh, you know, there were articles that's, like, hooking up. Like, what do your friends mean when they say hooking up? And, like, everyone would write in. It's, like, you know, Stephanie, Seventeen. When I hook up, that just means I'm making out with a guy. <laughs> See, at my high school, hooking up, well, I went to a, I basically went, to, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Thirteen, but I basically went to, like, a Degrassi-style high school. Where oh, Everybody my God. was fucking wild. Everybody was, like, sexually fluid and way too sexual too too soon it was like crazy um like where every high school has like their thing whether it's like drugs or alcohol or whatever ours was just sex which is <laughs> insane um so at our school hooking up was anything um more than like making out so I feel like I probably also went to a high school like that but I was just in my own world of like you know, making YouTube videos in my friend's backyard to, like, Beatles music and just being very wholesome and just high on life that looking back on it, you know, I remember I had a friend in theater who would talk about how she had sex after school in the theater with the lights off <laughs> with her senior boyfriend as a freshman because he was, like, on the tech crew, so he had a key. 
Oh my god. Oh, teenage love affairs. And I was just like scandalized. So I was just like shocked. And now looking back on it, I'm like, I think, I think I was just the one who was a kind of a prude. I always say that Red Ribbon Week, I don't know if you had that, but we had Red Ribbon Week in elementary school, which was like the say no to drugs kind of pledge week. Okay. I was like, Red Ribbon Week really like got drilled into my psyche. I was like a very big goody two shoes for a long time. <laughs> you like heard the dare song and you were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I will never, ever <laughs> touch a drug. D, I don't do drugs. <laughs> Basically. So yeah, up through like high school into college and then I chilled out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's like chic though, honestly. You know. Because it makes you appreciate, like, I feel like a lot of my friends when they got older, because let's be honest, I was like the gay closeted little idiot that was just like tip, like literally Princess Peach tiptoeing behind all my friends while they were doing crazy shit and being like, that looks fun. You know what I mean? I wasn't like really partaking. Um, mm-hmm. But then I feel like when you get older, it's like you get burnt out. Like when you do that, when you're like 15, you get burnt out or you end up going to college and you become a raging alcoholic because you think it's normal to be drunk all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. So. I, I am thankful because it's like I got through school and I did well and I went to college and I had a good experience and I yeah. never had to get my stomach pumped. So Exactly. Yeah. Your parents ever had to bail you out of jail. Yeah. It's probably worked out for the best. Yes. But then, I don't know, I see these people who are going to Cancun at 18 years old and getting blackout drunk in a club, and then, like, next thing you know, they're, like, <laughs> the director of sales at a Fortune 500 company because their parents <laughs> bought them, like, an entry. <laughs> Honestly, these kids, I would just imagine, like, have lived the craziest, most salacious lives behind the scenes ever. Yeah, I... I can't even fathom it. No. It's like deep in my heart, I'm still that like 15 year old. I'll never do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I shan't ever touch a penis. <laughs> Just like twirling your hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the background a little bit. There wasn't too much info that I found other than just the basics. Um, so obviously we mentioned it's a Bravo show premiered in June 2009. Follows mm-hmm. more or less the social lives despite it being called NYC Prep. Right. <laughs> it's just like the social lives of these six teenagers who attend these elite prep schools in New York. Filming was not allowed in any of the schools, um, nor were any of the schools ever named on the show. The schools specifically wanted to distance themselves. Um, there was a backlash specifically from the Nightingale Bamford School, which was the school that Camille was attending. The headmistress sent a letter home to all of the parents, kind of just warning them about the show and the potential for negative portrayal. Um, and Camille was actually like, targeted and threatened and like yelled at by like other students parents as she was like a 16 year old because she decided to go on this show for fun as like an after school activity oh that's sad um so she was actually asked to write a letter like an apologizing for i guess just going on the show and like making the school look bad um and i'm really proud of her because she didn't do it she refused to because she didn't think she did anything wrong and she ended up transferring to the professional children's school for her senior year and she said she had a great experience there so i mean i was gonna say like if anybody deserves a positive experience in school it's her the most driven woman i think i've ever she's like the bethany frankel of uh (laughs) nyc prep literally right like she is the one if anything that would have made their school look amazing because it's like look how well they're preparing their students for the future look how seriously she's taking this yeah she was the silver lining of this whole show like yes 
Okay, I'm glad that, okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page yeah. with Camille. All right, so um, otherwise, this show obviously drew comparisons to Gossip Girl, which was the kind of fictional um, counterpart to this. It was airing around the same time. It features sort of the same kind of feel. So were you also into Gossip Girl as well? So this is like 1,000% not on brand for me. But no, <laughs> I did not watch Gossip Girl. Um, I love shook, but I'm glad I, that we share this. <laughs> I know. I was like, I loved all the culture surrounding Gossip Girl, but I never watched the show. Um, but I loved like, like at this time, Bravo did a lot of up until like kind of very recently. I feel like they only just kind of stopped doing this. Or maybe they just haven't and I don't realize it. But they used to do a lot of this, like, television-based programming. Like, mm-hmm. like reality shows based on, like, what's happening. Like, the most popular show happening right now. Like, like girls. Like, they based gallery girls off of girls. And, like, there was a lot of shows like this. And I loved it. That was my favorite time at Bravo. That's so interesting and also kind of shady in a way. I know. It's like, <laughs> let's just copy Laguna Beach and make shows based on popular TV shows forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking as well, is that this also reminded me of when I was watching Laguna Beach. But I think, I don't know, I think I preferred Laguna Beach. I think I just prefer that style of editing, which I maybe is a little bit more heavy-handed and glossy. Oh, I totally agree with you. I think there was something, Laguna was so perfect in the sense that it was glossy and gorgeous, but it also felt raw. Mm-hmm. Whereas New York NYC Prep feels not glossy and like kind of cheap looking, and it doesn't feel entirely raw. Like it still feels like the producers have a heavy mm-hmm. hand in it. It feels also like there's not a lot of angst in NYC. Yeah, Prep. like I feel like they were trying to like really force it with PC's scenes with it, where he's like with the therapist or the counselor or whoever he's talking to. Yeah. Whereas Laguna Beach, it just, like, felt like, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, Lauren Conrad's emoting, like, her eyebrows, like, but she, you can feel, you can feel the angst. Yeah, no, I 1,000% agree with you. All right, so, um, the show didn't do entirely well. It generally got mixed reviews from critics, but it does have a cult following, of which you seem to be a part. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and otherwise, that's all I pretty much found, so unless you know some fun facts or can remember anything, like were you on like the message boards when it was airing originally? Yeah, so I've really <laughs> gross. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yes, of course. Um, my screen well, name. Well, was... I mean, of course, because I I asked this because I assumed because naturally I was doing the same shit. <laughs> so, so like nothing's changed. The only difference is there's a microphone in front of my face now. Um. But no, I was like, I really, really heavily followed like the lives of these people outside of the show, especially PC. Oh, because, this is, I'm so, give me the tea. Because <laughs> if you were like, I mean, look, I was a gay teenager. Hi. <laughs> like, I was in love with this man that I maybe could have, but maybe not. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> like, okay, gross. look. He was ringing some alarms because if I had been into this when I was like 17 or this was airing probably when I was like 15, 16, I would have fallen in love. I mean, are you kidding me? He's He was like hot. He was mean. He dressed well. And yes. he was like the Chuck Bass of, you know, of like real life. It was like, mm-hmm. wow, like he actually exists. They do exist. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I loved following this show outside of the outside of the show. And I mean... It really, honestly, it's only been up until, I would say, like, maybe 20... Actually, up until, like, last year, 
the internet, there's still, like, this group of people on the internet that obsessively follow PC and, like, try and figure out things about him. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, but he's always been sort of, like, out of the closet in his life, but, like, publicly, he has a beard, and he just got married to a woman. I Yes, I'm excited to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so we could get into that in later, where, obviously. In the where we now, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. um, well, so what's interesting, one of the reasons I did want to choose this episode is because he gets outed by his friend, which we'll obviously touch on, but also rude, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but he gets outed as being bi, and so that's something that I was really intrigued because, like, as a bi person myself, like, it's bi culture to be, like, to your ears perk up whenever someone is, like, yeah. you know, said to be bi, and you're like, where? Where there's one of us? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I was just, like, but I was, like, is he, though, or is this one of those things where it's, like, I'm bi, so I still have some, like, plausible deniability and, like, straight passing privilege? He was, do you remember, um, there was this website, you may be too young to remember this, but there was this website called Guest of a Guest. So I only recently, like within the last month and a half, I want to say, have heard of that website. <laughs> you know why? It's because of Caroline Calloway. Oh, of course. Duh. <laughs> of course. That's the perfect person to, yeah. Because I am deep. That, this is a whole nother episode, but I'm like deep in the Caroline Calloway shit. So yes, that's where I saw was after her, her birthday party ball thing. Okay. Well, yeah. Guest of a Guest is like, Guest of a Guest was Gossip Girl. Like Gossip Girl was basically based on a mixture of like page six and guest of a guest and it was like this blog where like new york socialites would be gossiped about Mm -hmm. and people would base i mean end up having entire careers based on like what was said about them on that website like tinsley mortimer basically is a celebrity because of guest of a guest okay and uh they this is interesting because yeah it's like I i was never aware of how these people came up like how these heiresses and socialites became famous yeah, it was, like, what they had to do before, you know, social media. Like, they had to be featured on this blog. And um, PC was a huge, huge part of it back then. And they would always report on his, like, nights, his wild nights with, like, other heiress men, like Baron Hilton and, mm. you know, all of these, like, socialite men while he was out, like, bearding and pretending to date girls. <laughs> like, it was, like, a whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's so, it's so wild. I know. It's crazy. I mean, I I would give anything. Honestly, I would, if I could like turn back time, I would give anything to go back to like having to go to a blog to learn (laughs) everything going on in the world. And then when you close out of it, you're just disconnected. I don't know though, because I remember those dark days of like sitting there and just refreshing PerezHilton.com. Oh my God. Because got another shot of that like black tar heroin. (laughs) Like you knew it was bad for you, but you couldn't stop. I know. I know. Oh my God. Especially when you, did you ever have moments where you were on the website at the same time as Perez and then you would keep refreshing and stories would be like, like, oh my God, Perez is typing as I'm reading. You would just, you're like, I can't, I can't stop. There's so much happening right now. And then you'd go (laughs) down a wormhole, you would like click on one person's name and then read everything that's happened to them in the last like 30 days. Yeah. (laughs) All those like creative names he's come up with for them. (laughs) And yeah, you also feel like a horrible person because you're like, this man is a monster, but... Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, so I guess we should start the recap. Okay, yeah. Get into this almost 20 minutes in. I know. Um, So this episode, there were some interesting moments. I obviously wanted to touch on the whole, like, outing thing, but um, 
I don't know. What did you think about this episode in particular? Were you able to watch? Or did you find the the missing episodes? Because I missed like episodes five and six, I think, or six and seven. You know, I like my finger was literally on the trigger to pay for them. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I was like really in a dark place, like trembling. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I didn't see the lost episodes. But I did. I actually didn't get to finish. I watched up until episode like six, maybe or mm-hmm. whatever the most, um, maybe seven. Honestly, the second half of the season was not that interesting. Yeah, like it really just kind of sloped off. It was like okay. I'm not invested in the will-they-won't-they of Sebastian's love life. Sorry, Bravo. I don't care. Uh, He is is a child. Yeah, like, I'm not riveted by which gal, which, like, mousy-voiced girl he'll choose. I don't care. The swoopy-haired skater boy. (laughs) Now, uh, if you would ask me in, like, eighth grade, I would literally, my my face would be, it would be like Poltergeist. I'd be inside the TV. I would have been in love with Sebastian. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay. So, we are talking about episode three, um, season one, obviously, what happens in Mexico. So, it opens with PC. He's with Jesse and another friend whose name I didn't write write down because she didn't seem that important. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Um, I didn't either. So he's talking about how he's excited to go to Mexico for the holidays um, because he has a friend, JP, who lives there. Now, this was annoying to just refer to people by their initials for, like, the entire rest of the episode. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, is it JP or PJ or TJ? Like, what the hell? I know. Um, I'm just like, just someone called, called themselves by their proper name. Yeah. By their given Christian name. Uh, so Jesse asks why he's like, why, she's like, why are you so ready for a break? Lady, like anyone is, everyone wants to go on vacation. Yeah. Even if you're like rich and life is a vacation. <laughs> yeah. I know. And he's like, I've just been working so hard with the with the SATs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's like, I just want to relax on a beach and not have to think about work and getting into college. And I'm like, what work? What getting Girl, into college? Like, are you kidding me? Your parents are going to slide a check across a wooden desk and you're going to be in college. Like, stop. Your, your grandfather is a literal billionaire with a Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> uh, so, okay, for a second, I we need to talk about their whole, I'm going to call them talking heads probably because, like, that's what I'm used to, but they're not traditional talking heads where it's just right. their, like, head floating in space. Their little interview setup where they have this, like, fancy-ass formal leather, like, winged back armchair and a, like, end table with a lamp and books scattered around like they're about to light a cigar and tell us about. It's so just, weird. Like, but, it's so low budget even for bravo at that time like i mean this was a long time ago but it wasn't like you know so long ago that they had no money it was just such a strange choice because it was this stark white background it's just this assortment of like very obviously cheap objects that are supposed to signify like wealth (laughs) right like an encyclopedia like okay (laughs) Like, we ran down to storage and found this armchair in the back of the, the like, storage garage out back on the studio lot. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, a globe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was definitely something that I kind of appreciated. It was just this strange talking head setup that they had going on. Uh, but, yeah, he has his little interview where he's just saying, like, senior year is all about getting into college. And I've met with college advisors and I studied for the SAT. So I just need a break. <laughs> 
<laughs> a break from just walking around New York and spending money. <laughs> um, Jessie's going to South Florida for her holiday. She's going to Palm Beach. And the, Palm Beach feels like a weird choice for a 17-year-old. It is very, very middle-aged woman. Like, <laughs> which, like, she kind of gives that vibe. Like, she does have the vibe of, like, a gal. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a gal. A gal about town. Yeah, like, she's, a, like... A lady who lunches. Yes, like, she's, like, it, it, like on the beach with, like, a, a a scarf wrapped around her hair so it doesn't blow too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's that one point where she's on the beach, and I'm like, is she wearing suspenders? <laughs> I know, I thought the same thing. Um, yeah, so I was just thought, I was like, Palm, Palm Beach seems strange when there's the entire rest of Florida that's, like, young and fresh, but okay. I mean, at least it's not like Naples, so we'll give her that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she wasn't in Boca. <laughs> so then her dog Lulu starts making some like weird coughing, <laughs> barking sound, and she like goes, to, she goes to see the dog, and then she's like, hell, the dog needs to go out. I forgot what she like yells. It's like she's yelling to like the housekeeper. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, screaming. come take the dog out, help. <laughs> it was like clueless comes to life and gets dark. <laughs> There was another moment later on with, um, I think it was Kelly's mom, where she's, like, speaking to the help, and she's just like, mm, mm, not great. Yeah, yeah, was it good? Um, so that's the end of that scene, where it's like, the dog is just coughing, and we have no resolution as to what happens. <laughs> and I love that, like, the dog choking meant she needed to go out. <laughs> right, is that the sound that it makes? I don't have dogs, so I don't know. She's like, the dog needs its nails cut. It needs its nails cut. It's like choking. <laughs> Someone help the dog. <laughs> um, so then our next scene is with Camille and Taylor at a chocolate shop, I guess doing some holiday shopping. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, so Camille tells us in her little talking head on the chair that both she and Taylor have stayed in the city for the holidays, which is an interesting juxtaposition to PC, like in the previous scene, be like, no one stays in the city for the holidays. I know. <laughs> And also it needs to be stated, you already kind of mentioned it before, but like Camille is like the studious one. Like they all have these like archetypes, like these like stereotypical character personalities. Of course, it's a reality show. Mm -hmm. But like Camille's like the studious book smart one who only cares about getting into a good school. And the only thing on her mind is like, you know, her SATs. And then Taylor is like, goes to this like competitive public school. And I feel like she... In my mind, Taylor was supposed to be the, like, relatable one because she doesn't come from money. But then I feel like at a certain point the producers were like, well, she's kind of a mute. And she she barely speaks above a whisper. There's, I mean, she's just, like, at that point in being a 15-year-old girl where, like, there's just not a lot of substance going on there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's just nothing there. Yeah, I was going to ask what, what you would describe her character as because yeah Camille is obviously she's like you know the studious one Jesse's kind of like the ambitious one who's a little bit of a bitch yeah I don't know Kelly's also kind of a little bit of a non-factor but she's got like the whole music thing working for her I guess but she yeah. reminds me of that one character in Laguna Beach who's a non-factor except for she has the whole music thing going for her yes yes yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah, Taylor is just like, I was confused. I, was ish, I, I wasn't I was sure if she was actually in a private school or a public school. I feel like that was kind of hard for me to follow because she just kept talking about how important things are in the private school scene. I was like, do you go to one? So she goes to a 
public a she goes to a prestigious public school. So okay. it's one of the most competitive public schools, but still like the most competitive public school doesn't compare to like all of her friends. So she's the least wealthy of all of her friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did pick up on that. I was like, is she like a scholarship student? But I was like, she's obviously not because she, you know, cares about like marrying rich. She's at least like that close to rubbing elbows with that echelon. Yeah, um, yeah. I think but- that they definitely added her, I feel, to make us feel like we had somebody who was like, gonna give us a look into the world. But like, uh, she, uh- this girl is not that, she's not that girl. Okay, so since it doesn't come up at all in this episode, we need to talk about the things that she says she wants to do when she grows up. Oh, yeah. Because the two things that she gives us are an elephant trainer, (laughs) a licensed elephant trainer. I don't know where you take the boards for that, but whatever. And uh, what was it? A philosopher. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to be a book reader. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Sebastian asked her, he's like, so what are you reading? Um, and she's like, oh, I'm reading this book that's like the 100 greatest philosophers. Yeah, it's just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> she's like one of those girls, too, that like she's vegan. Like that's a really big part of her personality. Mm-hmm. And like being vegan, obviously, in 2009 was like very très chic. And she is like one of those girls who like watched a YouTube video, like a PETA video, and like stopped eating Burger King for like a year. Oh my God. She absolutely saw Blackfish. That's what it was. Literally. And she's like, <laughs> I'm done, damn it. Because I, I had a Taylor. I don't even know her. My, her name might have been Taylor. Who knows? It was 2009 in South Carolina. There's a good chance. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. But I worked with her and she came into work one day and she's like, I am a vegetarian now because I saw Blackfish last night and it changed <laughs> my life. It's like, and I okay. was like, well, I want bacon in my life, so I'm not going to watch Blackfish. Sorry. Yeah. And those are the girls that when they have like cheat days, when they're like, I'm eating meat today, they literally eat like, the, like, <laughs> the most bottom of the barrel like like meat that's like like horse meat <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's just like scarf down this burger king like. yeah because it's like you wanted it so bad all month i deserve it <laughs> yeah i work hard it's such a good vegan <laughs> yeah. um yeah so taylor is definitely she's kind of spacey but she's sweet she's cute and she's very like non-threatening which i think yeah. is important because she says some really heinous shit Yes, agreed. I can't wait to get to it. Okay, good. So, um, Taylor tells Camille that she's interested in both Sebastian and this boy Cole, who's her ex-boyfriend, who, ugh, goes to public school. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, as a lifelong public schooler, I have to say I'm going to come at this from a place of intense snark the entire time. Um, I would hope so, honestly. (laughs) Uh, um, so she says that Sebastian is preppy and dapper, but like Cole is really chill. And I was like, Sebastian is the definition of chill. Sebastian was wearing baggy Lee dungarees and Nikes this whole series. Sebastian has like a resting like pulse rate of like 75. Like literally there's, I mean, there are flies buzzing around in his head. There is nothing going on. I know. He's just the, yeah, so... Whatever, she's like, but Cole's chill. And Cole actually seems, like, quite interesting. There's He has some problematic moments, but, you know, he's a 17-year-old boy. But I think yeah. he, a personality, thoughts. Yeah, he was, like, engaged. Um. So Camille tells her that she's cute with Sebastian. Camille's, like, I don't know, she's very, like, playing both sides of this because she tells her that she's cute with Sebastian, but then she also is like, why don't you go out with Cole and Sebastian at the same time? I also love, too, by the way, complete side note, that Camille, like... Because her identity is that she's, like, studious, she shows up everywhere in, like, business casual clothing. (laughs) 
Like she's like wearing Ann Taylor pumps the whole season. I season. know. Like okay, it's cute. I and love it. She has a very um, practical approach to clothing as well. I'm excited to get to that part. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so Taylor has her little talking head moment. So one of the heinous things she says was she's like, "But I did always want to marry rich. So maybe I think I should I should think about things with Sebastian." <laughs> Mind you, she's 15. <laughs> like she's like planning her wedding with Sebastian. Like I love it. I mean, she literally is. She's just like, well, you know, this is very important for me to stay in contact with these prep schoolers because, uh, you know, my husband's somewhere in this group. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to marry Rich, so I should think about things with Sebastian. I love it. <laughs> this, like, idiot kid who just, like, doesn't even talk and, like, blinks. <laughs> um, so Taylor asks about uh, Kelly and Sebastian because that was the whole thing in like the previous episodes that Sebastian had gone out with Kelly and had gone out with Camille and had brought Kelly cupcakes. Yeah. Which cupcakes are her favorite thing, you guys. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Um, so Kelly is very secretive. So Camille says that she doesn't really know. But then I love this line from Camille. She says, I'm pretty good at finding out information, finding out gossip. I'm a very curious person. (laughs) I identified with that. She's like, I'm a messy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Messy bitch who lives for drama, but like has that veneer of like, I have nothing to do with it. Uh, She's like actually me though. (laughs) <laughs> no, like, she is who I really honestly feel like I would be in a, a reality show. Like, if I was on a reality show for more than one season, I would eventually get called out for playing both sides. <laughs> I love it, though. I know. Because those are the people that you remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We're actually, you know, there's a name. We're called Bankers. I learned that in... Uh, okay. Uh, I learned that from Tina Fey, because she said that in the Mean Girls the book for Mean Girls, there's, like, a name for people that everybody, like, tells all the information to, and then you hold it, oh. and you give it out, you distribute it like a bank. Oh, my, I love that. I need to read that book. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> like, me. Amazing. <laughs> all right, so then the next scene is at Kelly's family home in the Hamptons. So, Kelly lives in the city with her brother, who is, like, 18. Uh, her parents come in one night a week to, like, spend time with her and take them out to dinner, but for the most part, she lives alone, which is, again, just, like, wild that these children can just do these things. It's unbelievable. You know, it's so funny because it's, like, they all have this air of, like, they all do have very, like, old souls because they have been navigating Manhattan since mm-hmm. they were, like, eight. But then they're also so immature because they're so sheltered from the actual world. So yes. it's, like her and her brother live in this like brownstone alone which is gorgeous but they're like idiot kids just wandering around in their house they don't they don't know how to do anything yeah so she's having a meal with her family and she tells this story because she's her little thing is she's like um sometimes i forget that you know i don't live with my family and i can't talk like i do around my friends all the time so she tells her her family a story at the dinner table how about how she like fell asleep watching a movie one night and then she woke up and she was like half asleep kind of dozing and then she realized that she was watching hardcore porn <laughs> you can tell her mom wants to kill her for telling this story on camera <laughs> yes. she keeps trying to change the subject to like wholesome things hilarious um and so then kelly tells her parents that sebastian is gonna come and hang out with her for a little bit um, so Sebastian comes over because he was in the Hamptons for a weekend anyway, so he thought it would be cool to go see her. They, like, hang out. They play pool. Seb- Sebastian sucks at pool, so that's fun. 
You know, I love this because it's like, I don't know, I don't, I honestly haven't watched this show in probably like eight or nine years. And it's just so funny. Like, every kid goes through this awkward phase of like, like these in quotes dates that they mm-hmm. have. I, I guess they're dates or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm you know, just coming and like, over to the person's house and hanging out with them. Yeah. And like, they just laugh awkwardly the whole time and make really dumb like statements about dumb shit and giggle and like they're awkward and it's just cute yeah it does kind of take me back to when i was that age like doing that sort of thing yeah um they have this exchange which i love where sebastian asks kelly what she's doing for christmas and she's like hanukkah and he goes oh you celebrate hanukkah all seven days and she's like eight (laughs) eight days this was one of my favorite moments of the episode (laughs) and then she's like he asks about a christmas tree and she says that they've never had a christmas tree he's like that's weird and i was like that's being jewish yeah (laughs) you're from new york (laughs) he apparently just learned about like what jews do in class (laughs) oh my god remember that's i didn't even wait i didn't hear that part what did he say he's like yeah just learned in class oh my god jewish people go to Get Chinese food and go oh yeah to the yeah movies. yeah yeah where he's like you go to the movies that's what it's for he's like their movie theater is just really just for Jewish people <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> again it's like that what you were talking about it's he's so sheltered that it's like even though you grow up in this you know one of the like biggest <laughs> Jewish like cultural centers of the world New oh York City God. you're just like oh you know I'm bagels yeah <laughs> and he just has that like. I don't really know how to describe it. It's like that charm that as a, like a kid, you fall for. Like his dumbness, a young girl thinks is just like adorable. Precious. You know? Just, Precious. oh my God. Just like, look at that sweet puppy with those eyes and that yeah. sweet hair. He's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> um. So Kelly's mom comes in to like check in on the two. Be like, all right, everyone, pants still on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> another cute moment that is like iconic of your like the parent having to make their entrance in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she has a family dog, and she says, "You know, Lily just wanted to say hi." All right, so I this is where I need to tell you that I was like not really paying attention the first time I watched the season through. Like I had it on, and I would like check in, but I was like doing other things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed this little like bit with the dog, and I, where it was established that Lily is the dog. So just right. keep. Hold that in your mind for later Okay, on. okay. Um, oh, God. <laughs> okay. So Kelly's, you know, it says that Lily's like 10 or 11 now, and she has two herniated discs, and she's on steroids, and has to go to acupuncture, and poor little pitiful puppy, but she loves her. She's so sweet. I missed this. All right. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, all right. Okay. So, all right. Our next scene is in Cancun. So uh, it's just PC arriving to meet his friend JP. Um, he's just like a friend from boarding school and they talk about, you know, how they like would hang out when they were like 13. Now, knowing what we know and the rumors and the gossip, do we think that JP is like, you know, maybe they had some, some time as young men exploring each other's bodies and their sexuality, do we think (laughs) that they're one of those kind of special friends? I think that they did and I think the producers picked up on it and unfortunately I think this kid was trolled by this show like um i think that he was just trolled by bravo like his sexuality was just a troll like Mm -hmm. a major politically incorrect early 2000s troll that could never happen today because yeah like it's pretty obvious that he's like having some sexual identity issues and the show 
is like mocking him for it Mm -hmm. you know because it's pretty obvious like yeah like he makes a joke like i think your mom hates me man because that one time she walked in on me naked, drunk in your bed. And mm-hmm. like every time one what like his friend says something like that, like he's so visibly like I know that look. I yeah. I know that look. I've experienced it where you're like, what? <laughs> Stop talking. Um, yeah, it's 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 insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also though, it within this scene, another thing happens, which PC says in his little talking head that he's like, I don't know mexicans in new york other than like delivery guys <laughs> which is just oh it's god like pc you are 17 and you should know better than to say that on television you're 18 actually isn't he 18 he's the oldest yeah he's 18 and like uh but the only mexican he knows or he, he says but um, he goes i've told my friends that you're mexican but i tell them all the time that you're the most beautiful yes. tall gorgeous mexican i know <laughs> He's like, you're not one of those short Mexicans. <laughs> one of those what? delivery guy Mexicans. No. <laughs> like, what? It's, yeah, it's really gross. And just like, I don't know. Would this happen in 2020? Are we at the point where, like, do our reality stars know better than to say things, these things? What do you think? I mean, there's definitely, like, when you go back and watch shows, especially from, like, the mid-early 2000s like this, there's this sort of, like, like nervous energy of, like, what the hell are they going to say next? Because mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> yes. is off the table. Like Yes. Oh, because I think Camille even said the R word at one point in the season. I was like, no. I know. I know. I know. Oh, God. Yeah. Especially these, like, socialite shows mm-hmm. that were happening during this time. I don't know if you ever watched, um, I think we may have talked about it before, but, uh, um, what the hell is it called? Uh, it's like Tinsley Mortimer's old show. I can't think of the name right now. High Society. I, I def that sounds familiar. I definitely haven't watched it because you know I didn't like these because I was always jealous when I was sixteen that I couldn't have this life, so I never watched these shows. So High Society was a, just another socialite show. It was basically mm-hmm. all the people that were on guest of a guest on a show, and Tinsley Mortimer was on it, and like. It is the mo- I mean, one of the girls openly uses the N-word and thinks it's funny, and she wow. says it all the time. Like, Oof. it is crazy. Crazy. So, I definitely think times have changed. I mean, people are more, like, aware of, like, their brand and all that shit now. I mean, like, if this was on now, all these kids would be trying to be influencers, and it'd just be different, you know? Yeah, definitely. And there's also, there's, like, the Twitter, like, stands and the Twitter, yeah. like, haters who will tear you to shreds and cancel you and... yeah. I mean, and then there's also something to be said is, like, is there any, is there such a thing as bad publicity, of course, like, because sometimes those things can just, like, invigorate a career, but still. (laughs) I do think people choose their words more carefully, and, but I don't know. These people, if you're that sheltered, then maybe even in 2020, you think it's fine to say something like that. Like, that's true. Not knowing a single person of another race. (laughs) And this one's beautiful. This Mexican. Like, what? He's tall. He's tall. <laughs> Do you guys know that he's tall? He's taller than me. He's a gorgeous Mexican, not one of those other ones. <laughs> and I'm white and the su- a grandson of a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we cut over to uh, Middle Age Paradise, Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Where <laughs> Jessie is cruising down the street in her friend's dad's convertible. She's got her Birkin in the back. Like, literally her hair is tied in, like, a bonnet. Like, she is, like... (laughs) A girl's trip. They're ready to go to the casino and find some handsome young men to help them lift their bags. (laughs) Insane. She's, like, listening to Footloose, like, driving down the street. 
so she's hanging out with her friend who has apparently been her friend since uh, she was 13. So we get some like nice little parallels here with J, uh, JP and PC being friends from their like being 13. And then Jesse and her friend, um, they go out to lunch at a restaurant. Jesse asks about college a little bit. This is a weird conversation that I feel like only a rich like socialite in New York could have where she's like, I'm afraid of going to college and losing touch with all of my friends. And I was like, get me the fuck out of high school. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I I will say that I, like, in a small way, I remember feeling, like, nervous that all of my, like, shout, like, the relationships that you think mean something, you don't know that they don't mean anything yet. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you th- well, I, I think I knew. <laughs> I, I was, was, like, I was, like, ready to cut off contact with a lot of people. I was very, like, naive about that. I was, like, we are all... All of us are going to remain friends in our different parts of the world. Like, I was like, these are all my friends. And then, like, a year into being in the college, I was like, I literally hated all those people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, what the fuck? That is true, though. It, it, I don't think I had that, like, idea of, like, we're going to stay friends. But I was just like, yeah. And then it's like I got out and I was like, wow, I really don't care about any of you. But there are a few that, like, have kind of surprisingly I've held on to, like, as keeping in touch with via social media. And it's yeah. like, maybe we weren't that close in high school, but now I'm like, I'm supportive of everything you do. You go, girl. I'll yeah, like yeah, all yeah. your pictures. But it's just these, like, five randos and then, like, my very best friend. Yeah, I get that. Um, so, but, yeah, Jessie is just, like, she's, like, worried about losing track of her old friends, which I guess is valid, but, I mean, you're fine. <laughs> like... Yeah, like, girl, you should be fine. Also, you're going to school in New York. Yeah, like, you're not leaving. <laughs> Ugh, God. Um, so then we get this whole thing. This is so exhausting. Like, I just find, I mean, not necessarily even in TV shows, but just in life, when, like, a friend wants to have this conversation of being like, you should date so-and-so. It's also exhausting because Jesse loves it. Oh, like yeah. she's oh my God. pretending she not so to. Loved. Later on, where she brings it up with PC, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, like she's, she's that it girl, up. and she's just like, Ugh, I mean, you know, we fight all the time. What are you talking about? And Ken's like, Well, that's just unresolved sexual tension. It's really, I will say that it is really interesting because they. This is like, like I had so many friendships like this. Well, not really so many, but I had. Um, a couple really intense friendships like this where, like, there was no question that we, like, liked each other. Like, that wasn't the thing. But it's, like, those boundaries of, like, you being gay or whatever mm-hmm. haven't been, like, established. So you have, like, this really intense, f- like, friendship that is, like, way closer than anybody else that you're close to. And, like, you know it's, like, weird how close you yeah. are. Like, I remember being like, I know that you think it's weird that you feel like you can change clothes in front of me. And <laughs> I, I should think it's weird too, but we both don't. Like yeah. we're weird. We're close in a weird way that we haven't talked about yet. So it is like, it's kind of cute that they're like in that young sort of phase where like, she actually thinks that they could like date. It's like, girl, he's your best friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's what it is. So I didn't really have like these kinds of friendships, but I definitely had a lot of like, crushes on men who later turned out to be gay (laughs) and like I just because they were it's like you know a refreshing alternative to the straight boys when you're in high school oh my god of course and they're (laughs) like like, you know they're kind they're they like think things through they're sensitive yeah um but no one's out you know we had people who were out but so many people were closeted that it's just like you know it's like you still have that hope and there's there's still a chance yeah um, so I get it, but also at the same time, like, 
I was never like this, where I'm just like, what? We should date? That's so silly. Why would you <laughs> say that? Say it again. I know, right? We're just friends. We're just you friends. Know, we're just best friends. I did have one of those where I was like, he's just my best friend. I don't have a crush on him, who actually had been a boyfriend, or like, I mean, boyfriend. We dated for like two months, but... Um, and then like we broke up and then we like started hanging out again. I was like, he's just my very best friend in the whole world, but I would never date him again. <laughs> like he just like gets me. Like you like trying <laughs> yes. to make it seem like you oh guys have God. like this. Oh my God, I was like, he's the only one who understands me. Right yeah, now. like it's such a unique bond. <laughs> uh, uh, where are you, Vernon? We haven't talked in over 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Vernon. I love that name. <laughs> Shout out to Vernon. What if he listens and this is like the one way I can reach him? <laughs> He's like, I've been waiting for you to mention me. I have. I've definitely mentioned him before. <laughs> oh, I should probably stop, actually. That is amazing. All right. So then Jesse calls PC because she's got to check in on him and she gets sent to voicemail. She has to make sure he's okay. <laughs> she's like, when PC's in Mexico, I worry. And I, I also love girls like this who were raised to think that, like, she, like, thinks that she has, like, it's like a forced motherly thing where, like, it's not mm-hmm. natural. Like, she's just yes. being overbearing. Yes. Yeah, she just wants to be, it's, like, not maternal, it's controlling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we flash back to Cancun. PC and JP go to Senior Frogs, obviously. An excellent choice. Oh, my um, God. I forgot that they were. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> And then PC, God, he's so obnoxious this entire time because he goes to fucking Cancun and he's just like, mm, Cancun's a little trashy. It's not a classy place. Yeah. And like you're at Senior Frog, so. <laughs> like there's literally a person hanging from the ceiling being spun around by a fan <laughs> with liquor in his mouth. Like calm down, girl. Like stop. So this drunk girl comes up to him and tries to get him to dance, but he like he's like, I'm in a bad mood. Like, no, leave me alone. I was like, well, then why did you go out? Yeah. Like, why would you go out? Because I'm like, I want to be an asshole in Senior Frogs. <laughs> yeah. And it's the first of a series of girls. It's like the first of like a, a whole series of him coming up with excuses to not have to like flirt with a girl on yeah. camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so frustrating, though, just because he's such a condescending asshole about it every time. He's such a little twat. Um, so he's like, in his interview, he's like, you know, I told her politely to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and so then we like actually see what he said. And he's like, you need to leave or I'm going to break this bottle over your face. <laughs> <laughs> and Bravo did an iconic, like, everybody's reaction edit of him saying that like okay uh, psycho uh and then jp suggested they get jaeger bombs and peace like pc's like well only people in new jersey drink jaeger bombs yeah and the bartender goes you're killing the vibe bro <laughs> right he's such a little asshole they know. um so one of the like servers comes around and is giving everyone sombreros and that that for some reason snaps him out of his shitty attitude and he decides to have a good time yeah and then he starts like dancing with a woman who looked like Angela from 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) She looks like she's like 45. (laughs) She is on her like Stella got her groove back trip to Cancun. (laughs) She's like, I love being on camera. (laughs) Right. She's like, give me that waiver. (laughs) Yeah. She's She's like sweating. Yeah. Uh, So they're dancing and grinding. PC's slapping his own ass. Mm -hmm. Um, And he tells us in a little voiceover that the drinking age in Mexico is 18, so I can drink to excess, is what I think he says. (laughs) He does. I can drink to excess and go wild. 
It's like, okay. like, why? Okay, wonderful. Yeah, cool. You're still at the age where you're like, black, getting blackout drunk is cool. <laughs> in one of the other episodes, I think it's, I want to say it's Taylor who says like, like PC thinks he's mature because he wears tight jeans and says and calls people darling. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Not an inaccurate assessment. Right. Um, so we're back in the city, and Taylor and Sebastian meet up, because uh, I guess Sebastian's back from his weekend in the Hamptons. It's snowing, like, super hard, but he brought this soccer ball into this, like, winter landscape. Uh, he tries to get Taylor to play, but she will not, which I appreciate her commitment to not kicking that soccer ball. I loved it. I <laughs> lived for it. Like, I just, I love I just, I didn't realize how much I love watching awkward teenagers on my reality shows. Like, their interactions are, these dates are insane. Which, okay, so uh, which of these two dates, the awkwardly playing pool and being really bad at it, or the awkwardly bringing a soccer ball and your date not playing it, would you prefer to, like, have to deal with, have to live through? Good lord. I mean, I think the pool one was less, was like the the less of the two evils. The soccer ball moment was just so weird. But... I don't know. Kelly really leaned in on her um, her interviews of being like, yeah, Sebastian just really sucked. And it was really weird that he wasn't good at pool. And it was really strange. And he really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, guys are supposed to be good at pool, but he wasn't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they have this. Oh, and then the conversation that they have. So out of nowhere, Sebastian's just like, do you have a dog? And she says, I had two dogs. And he goes, what happened? And she says that they died. <laughs> and in between each one of those uh, sentences, they are giggling. It's you so have a dog? weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Funny. What happened? <laughs> he died. <laughs> okay. He's like flipping his hair and she can't make eye contact. I love it. And then, of course, he makes it even awkwarder because he's like, oh, so uh, what about Cole? Oh, she- Yes. She doesn't man. want Sebastian to know that she's talking to Cole still. Yeah. Um, oh, and here's where she says that Sebastian would be better for her social status since he's in prep school. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of money and influence, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sebastian says in his little talking head that he's like, yeah, I don't think Cole's competition because Taylor's into me. Which is hilarious because he's date like he claims to be dating like 20 girls at a time. So it's just like gross. Yeah. But also, duh, of course. Um, but, okay, this moment is also ridiculous. Taylor, the 15-year-old girl, says, I'm bad at relationships. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What relationships? You're 15. <laughs> and he's like, how many have you been in? And she goes, um, like three. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Taylor's like, what's going on with us? And then, like, they never resolve what's going on with them, and they just leave. <laughs> Yeah, like, they just, like, don't make eye contact and look around, and he's, like, flipping his hair, and then they just, like, give the most uncomfortable kiss ever. One of those, like, (laughs) one of those eighth grade kisses where you're, like, neck turn. He's a gentleman. He will not besmirch his lady's (laughs) honor. (laughs) Yeah, so it is funny, because they do position Sebastian to be such this, like, you know, he's like, oh, he's the Lothario. But, like, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, it's like you never see him really, like, you know, getting like down and dirty with it. It's just yeah. like, yeah, like kiss on the cheek, kiss on the lips, a peck on the lips. Um, yeah. And so then also he has uh, a talking head in this moment where he's like, I thought this was just going to be a hookup, but Taylor's kind of different and maybe it could be something more. 
Yeah, like, he's going to entertain the idea of even dating her. Like, you know, thank God for her. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. Um, we get another quick little scene with Palm Beach. Jesse on the beach tries to call PC, gets voicemail again. She's nervous that he's not answering at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then back in Cancun. So this is the moment where uh, they're on the beach, PC and JP. Uh, they're hanging out. Also, I did notice that in the like immediate scene before where we were with Jesse, she's like, um, PC's my best friend, blah, 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 blah. And then in this scene, he's like, well, JP and I are best friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Uh, so a couple of girls come over and sit next to the guys. And PC, yeah, immediately is like, so who are those guys that you're with? Oh my god! I forgot about when they're when the girls come over. Yeah, so it is kind of weird because it's like you don't even do you know these girls at all, or is this the first time you've talked to them? And you're like, so who are those guys over there that you were just with? Um, but then this is where G- JP goes. Well, he's by, so that's why he's asking. Ugh, it's like this is inappropriate. Like this is crazily inappropriate. It's so it's weird on so many levels because it's I couldn't tell if. Because there was obviously something behind it. It's like, is JP just trolling? Has yeah. PC actually told him that he's bi? Or is JP just like ribbing him, just being like, oh, yeah, he's bi. That's why he's into guys. But I feel like if he was actually like joking around, it would be like, oh, he's gay. So that's why he wants to know. And then he'd be like, oh, dude, shut up. I'm not gay. Like that kind of thing. Right. It's so specific to say he's bi. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a confusing moment. Um, but again, it's not cool to out people. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it almost... Ca- for me, it felt like he was being spiteful. Like it was, there was some sort of mm. passive aggression there. Yeah, it, like there was something behind it that just felt weird. Yeah, like it wasn't like jokey or funny. It was like he like wanted to humiliate him, and every time he did it, like PC would get really uncomfortable and just say like, "Oh, like you're such a dick, like you're such an asshole," mm-hmm. and deflect. And like, I mean, he was using all of like the classic deflections, like. One of my favorite deflections when people would ask me about girls in, like, 8th or ninth grade was one that he used, like, eight times. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I care about right now. Like, girls that senior frogs. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> as if I care right now. Like, I don't care right now. Like, it's like, don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he tries to act like he's so above the idea every time it gets brought up. Like, the yeah. thought of a girl. Like, it's just so awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really weird. So, um, and then the girls probably make him feel even worse because they're like yeah that's what we thought because we thought you two were about to start making out (laughs) he's just like sitting in between these two aggressive parties like just staring straight into the the ocean (laughs) yes he's like take me take me gods of the sea (laughs) like being a camera right in front of his face ugh yeah um yeah and so then the girls are like are you really bi and jp again is like yeah he's really bi and pc's like yeah whatever (laughs) so it's weird um Okay, so then we come back. We're in the Hamptons once again. This is where Kelly's mom is, like, kind of weird. Like, kind of being inappropriate. I don't know. (laughs) Makes me feel uncomfortable. Because she's like, oh, can I get some tea with honey? Some tea cone honey? Like, thank you for translating the word with. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I heard it twice, and I forgot that she said that. It just... It just struck me. It just Ugh. rang so weird in my ear to hear that. Gross. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you just because you know she feels like really good about herself because she's like, you know, it's good to speak to them on their level. Yeah. 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 She's the woman that goes to a Mexican restaurant and like orders a couple things in Spanish and like winks. 
She's like, gracias. Yeah. <laughs> gracias por my margarita. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the time when I was like paying attention and I hear Kelly's voiceover and she says that while she was home enjoying the fam, like the, her family, the holidays, there was a death in the family. And so her mom sits her down and begins to discuss their plans. And the mom tells her that they're going to go down to the cemetery and the whole family is going to be there and then they're going to go around and they're going to talk about their memories. And so then Kelly tells us that, you know, Lily, I kind of grew up with like a sister or a brother. I just, I didn't want her to die. So keeping in mind that the first time I watched this, I completely missed that Lily was their dog. I was like, oh no, her cousin died. Oh my God. I straight up thought it was her cousin or like someone in the family, a human being. And so I watched them go down to the cemetery and I watched them go out to that hole. And then I realized that they're holding a funeral for a fucking dog. Wait a minute. What was your reaction when you saw two ropes wheeling a tiny <laughs> little box down a hole? What did you think? I was like, who is Lily? And then it all started to come into focus. And I was like, did they buy a plot for their dog? A thousands of dollar funeral plot for their dog? Like, it was a full-blown operation. Like, men literally with, like, sh- like there was, it was a full-blown funeral. Like, you know on Bravo, whenever they say, like, oh, we're having a an animal funeral, it's like they're in their yard. Mm-hmm. Like, this any was normal a- human. Yeah, like, this was a funeral, a service. It was a real cemetery. They took, like, the the town cars, like you do. There was yep. a procession to the fu- to the fucking yeah. cemetery. Yeah, I was blown away. <laughs> it was unreal. There was not a tinge of, like, tongue-in-cheekness about it. It was completely off. Like, they were like, we are having a funeral today. There were, like, men there that were, like, pulling off with, like, I don't even, like, construction tools that you use yeah, to, to dig plots. It's wild. So just a few things that happened at the funeral. Um, Kelly is, like, crying and saying that she can't do this. Like, she doesn't want to do this. Like, she's really overwhelmed. Because I, again, thought this was her cousin. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't even get out of the car. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the men come and lower the box into the grave. Kelly's mom gives a eulogy. And then here's the other moment where she, like, trails. I guess she's talking to, again, like, the housekeepers. And she's like, Dahlia, Myra, do you want to say anything about Lily? And then she just goes, Abla. And just trails off. <laughs> She's just like, Abla is close to what I'm looking for. <laughs> oh my God. It's, yeah. <laughs> so that was just, oh, also, I did notice we see a specific shot of like Kelly's dad paying the grave diggers. Oh God. Like we see him like shake his hand and like pass, you know, do the little like thank you. And like, you know, there's like however much in the palm. Yeah. Oh, I hate when men do that shit. <laughs> and Bravo chose to show it to us. God. Um, so in between these little scenes of, like, Kelly going to the cemetery and then them actually having the funeral, we get this little tiny quick scene of Camille going through her closet. Oh, my God. This was amazing. This was such a strange scene. Um, it reminded me of when I did Real Housewives of New Jersey with Sonia from Rewind the Love. And we oh, talked yeah, yeah. about the scene with, I what is it, Caroline, her daughter? Yeah. Where she was like getting rid of all the stuffed animals. It had those exact same kind of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was really, it was a, a, a weird scene to include. Because mm-hmm. it was like, 
such a strange little filler moment and also just like this woman was so aggressive and like like weird i i was like okay what not to wear like yeah like throwing away her entire closet and like don't you feel demeaned like you're literally like bullying a little girl into throwing away her designer clothes like girl get a life i know she was like "Mm, yeah this isn't this isn't your style this is last season this isn't for you she kept saying this isn't your style so confidently and i was like you're not her i like what the hell and then she said i love when she goes um she goes baby everybody's gonna know that you like wore this pattern everybody's gonna know this pattern you have to get rid of it it has to go (laughs) this pattern it has to go they all know the pattern from last season (laughs) it's like it's Um, fine I do appreciate that Camille was uh, just, you know, she's like, no, it's a nice dress, though. I don't mind that it's, you know, a few seasons old. Like, it's a nice dress. This is a designer jacket. Like, I, I want to keep this. <laughs> yeah, she was full of really funny one-liners, that little scene. I love what she also said, like, mind you, this is, like, 2008. And she's like, um, that's my dad's uh, vintage <laughs> sweater from the 90s. That you was, yeah, that. hilarious. And then, yeah, Heatha <laughs> was like, did you just say vintage from the 90s? <laughs> First of all, when that woman told her to get rid of a Chanel tweed blazer, I oh was my like, God. oh, we're done. It's uh, enough. Who Leave. are you? Ma'am, this, are that's, you that's a heritage piece. We're, get, this, like, what? I was that's like flabbergasted by a that. A family heirloom. Ma'am. Yeah. Get rid of the Chanel tweed. It's last season. What are you saying? Yeah. Um... And then, oh, so then Camille has this moment, too, where she's like, you know, once a stylist came, and she was really, I felt she was very aggressive in throwing things out, and it kind of felt like she was just getting off on telling me what to do. Yeah, she was. But she said that to Heatha, and she's, like, obviously talking about Heatha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I stand this girl. She's my favorite. I love her. She is a stone-cold bitch in the best way possible. Yes. Um, so then our next scene, we go back to Cancun. Uh, PC is just like hanging out in the pool when he finally answers a phone call from Jesse in the pool. Because you know what? When you're rich, it doesn't matter if you drop your phone in the pool. <laughs> and also the black blackberries are a very big part of this show. It's very mm-hmm. like they make it a point. They in one the first episode, they have a whole segment about blackberries and like it's a whole thing. So, you know. All right, shout out to my friend Kate, who may or may not listen to this, who just had to give up her BlackBerry after years and years and years of resisting. Wow. She's made the long, hard transition into an iPhone. It was honestly one of the hardest things ever to transition from. I loved those buttons. I loved that trackball. I loved BBM. Ugh, I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about it. Honestly, I was, like, kept away from smartphones for so long. My parents were so resistant. Like, the first smartphone I got was when I was in college, and it was one of those Walmart, like, just prepaid, buy this phone, and it has a screen that you can touch. <laughs> yeah, like a Nokia. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I got, like, an iPhone. So I, n- I missed the whole BlackBerry moment. My dad had a BlackBerry for a while, but, you know, that was his work phone. Very official. <laughs> yeah. We, I was from a, my mom is, like, really young. Mm-hmm. So she's a quote cool mom. <laughs> um, so she was like very into technology, which like helped me, you know, because she like liked stuff like that. Like she mm-hmm. loved like smartphones and stuff. So I always had like a weird phone. Like, but uh, the only phones that have ever made a really massive impact on my life were that BlackBerry, the Sidekick, and the iPhone. The Sidekick was like, I mean, come on. I had a knockoff sidekick that I loved. It was my favorite phone. To this day, if I could go back and have that phone, I'd probably go back and have that. It was like it had a full screen. Instead of like the sidekick, how it like flipped, it just like mm-hmm. op- folded open, but it was white on the outside. And then when it folded open to get to the keyboard, it was like this beautiful, like deep plum. Live. 
it was gorgeous. And so it like it had access to the internet on that tiny little screen. <laughs> oh, I just miss buttons. I heard that they were like bringing back buttons. Oh, I know that whenever my iPhone craps out and dies, I'm not going to the iPhone that it doesn't have the home button where you have to like unlock it with your face because that oh, no. is like too much. It's absurd. Um, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready for my razor. I'm getting that Motorola razor flip phone. Oh my God. Duh. Can you just, can I like FaceTime and watch you use it? Can I just <laughs> watch you use the buttons? Uh, and then I'll like in the FaceTime by like closing it. Just ah, it. aggressively. Yes. Be yes. like, we're done. God bless. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> they, they talk on their Blackberries. Uh, PC asks, how's Palm Beach? And Jesse's like, it's good. I'm like on the terrace with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid like they all try and act like they're so mature especially on the holiday but it's also like okay well if you're hanging out with your friends why are you trying to call this guy yeah why are you like stalking him in cancun girl um so he's like oh no i'm not going out i'm just like relaxing you know taking it easy uh we get like party scenes happening while like this voice over over is going on um, oh, and then he also says, for the first time in this episode when they use this voiceover clip, sloppy editing, uh, he says, Jesse's not my girlfriend. I don't know why she's checking on me. Oh, they used it before? Oh, they use it twice. They use it another time later on. Funny. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love a good, like, sloppy editing moment. Yeah. <laughs> They're so much more frequent, like, back in the day. They were so lax with editing. We were so blind. I know. I always laugh when they do that. I mean, now I feel like they do that for, like, comedic. Like, sometimes, like, when a housewife scene ends, they'll do it, like, panning out from their house of them saying something they literally just said in the same tone Mm -hmm. and everything. But I don't, I don't get that. I don't even get the point. It's like, why? Yeah, I I love when it's like, I think that they just did it unintentionally. Or when it's like, I don't know, the the big thing that I remember is always in RuPaul's Drag Race when they show like the workroom shots and there's a queen who like just got eliminated hanging out in the background. Oh, yes. Oh my God, yes. Or sometimes when like random like shoes will change and you're like, huh? Huh? (laughs) Yeah. What? Can't pull it over on me. Mm Mm-mm. Um, so yes, PC parties, uh, he's like taking shots, they're chugging from a bottle of Grey Goose, it's all very good, clean, teenage fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I do think, yeah, JP has something against PC, because yeah, this boy is like just going after him. So they go to this bar called Daddio's, they get there, I don't know why PC thinks that this is his friend's drink since they literally just got there, but he sees some drink on the table and he's like, is this yours? And JP's like, yeah. And then he drinks it, realizes that it wasn't his friend's, and, like, gets disgusted. He's like, do you know what I'll have now? Do you know what I have? <laughs> I know. And then they're like, oh, you're going to have AIDS. Ha, 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 ha. The gay one. <laughs> so, of course, lovely. Uh, and then they find some girls. They ask where they're from. The girls are from Texas. And then JP leaves PC there, and PC gets angry. Yeah, it's like, how dare you leave me to have to deal with these drunk girls that want to hook up with me? How dare you? Mm-hmm. And uh, But he's, like, such an asshole about it, like, even more, because he's like, you know, I'm up for talking people and hanging out, but these girls were from Texas, you know? Texas, that's all I'm going to say. Texas. It's like, yet again, another, like, douchey, like, just, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, deflection. It's like mm. a douchey deflection, like... 
Oh, you you didn't want to hook up with them because they're from Texas. Girl. Yeah, they're just so beneath me because they're these girls from like outside of Manhattan. You yeah, know? Oh, and at Texas at that, these backwards hicks. It's like okay, but you're all in the same bar in Cancun, so exactly. And like, what does that even mean? Like again, just like a kid trying to be an adult because they're from Texas. You know how many wealthy people live in Texas? Right? Okay. What does that like, mean? Go to fucking Dallas. Go to like, you know, Houston, yeah. these rich ass areas. It's not like they said they were from the Appalachians or something. Like <laughs> And also, hey, as someone from the Appalachians <laughs> <laughs> Look, Excuse the fuck out of us, PC. <laughs> you know that the Appalachians is just like my go to Yes. Like, okay, I'm not from territory. a hall or anything. Like, I'm from I know. the foothills. <laughs> and you know that that's what city. I mean. I know, I know. Yes, I, I know, I know. I'm just giving you shit. I, guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that's like our God-given right as South Carolinians is to both get angry when people imply that, but to also make, like, no-teeth jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew jokes. Um, all right, so they get drunk, or they've been drunk, but then they go outside and, like, slur to each other on the sidewalk, and that's the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a quick little scene with Taylor going back to school after winter break. She has a gymnastics meet that she's nervous about, and, like, on her way into the meet, she runs into her ex-boyfriend, Cole's friend, and I, was it his brother as well? Yeah, his brother and his friend. Which is weird, because it feels like that's, like, an ambush. I know, they, and... You could tell that they came there, like, really excited to talk about her, mm-hmm. like, that guy. They're like, so, oh, uh, yeah. what's going on with you two, dating, or? Yeah, so they, like, sort of play wingman and ask her about him and say, that they're like, oh, well, you know, we've heard things about this guy, Sebastian, so just, like, don't break our, our guy's heart. Yeah, and she's, like, just giving them absolute nothing, truly giving them, <laughs> like, nothing, paying them in dust. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, hee <laughs> Just thinking about her future career as an elephant trainer, you know. Yeah, <laughs> as a book reader. <laughs> She's got to philosophize. <laughs> uh, so then I guess PC and Jesse have come back from their vacations because they're hanging out at Jesse's house back in New York. Uh, he holds up a Care Bear with a rainbow on his stomach and he asks if it's a gay pride bear, which obviously is not. It's a Care Bear. It's a Care Bear. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, isn't this one that I used to hump a lot? Hello. Like, can we talk about that? They just blow past that. And I was like, wait, can we have a moment? So this is her bear, not your bear. Right. You would go over to her house and hump. But you're now asking (laughs) if it's a gay pride bear. (laughs) It feels like there's some layers to this that we (laughs) need to unpack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, did you want any more detail about why you were humping a bear by chance? Like, like I get it, you know, when you're young and things happen. But, like, one, hopefully at your own house with your own possessions and not your friends. But also, two, like, not talking about it on television as well. (laughs) It was super weird. Their relationship is so exhausting. So weird. So then they go through and debrief, like, what happened in Mexico. You know, she's like, you didn't answer my phone calls. Um, so he says that, you know, it was all very chill. We just hung out. Um, and she asked like about girls. He says that he wasn't interested in any girls, which is probably like one of the few like truths that he tells. Yeah. He's and not she's not masking it between like lies and smarminess. <laughs> and she can't fathom it because she still lives in a world where he is, you know, he's out just hooking up with every woman that he walks, you know, walks by when mm-hmm. really it's like the show shows that he 
could not be any less interested in any girl ever. <laughs> yeah, and she's like uh, very, it's gross that like mid-2000s girl versus girl thing where she's like, well, any skankies? Oh, yeah. Any sluts? <laughs> um, so then we get, here's where we get the other instance the second time where he says, you know, Jessie's really not my girlfriend. I don't understand why she's checking on me. And she is being really confrontational. She's like biting, nail biting and being like, did you hook up with girls? Did you have sex with girls? Are you lying? Is it true? Mm-hmm. Did you see anybody naked? Did you kiss anybody? Like, weird. Yeah. And so that's when she kind of takes it to this next place where she's like, well, you know, my friend Kim, she's convinced that we like each other. How weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he again pays her in absolute dust. He's like, no, <laughs> we don't. Uh, yeah, he's like, well, I don't think there's that big of a difference between dating and being best friends. And she's like, um, yeah, there's a big difference. And he's like, nah, no, there's not. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Is it him or her that says we'll see what happens in 20 years? I think she says that. And then he was like, um, yeah, well, you'll be such a bitch when you're pregnant. Again, like, come on. That's something that I would say to my friend. Like, you're going to be such a fucking bitch when you're pregnant. I won't be able to deal with you. You know what I mean? Like, that's your response. <laughs> Yeah. We'll see where we are in 20 years. I won't be able to handle you when you're pregnant, though. It'll be so annoying. <laughs> also, he does say in his little, like, talking head that he's like, well, I guess anything's possible. We could date one day. And I could also get married to a chimp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is like, well, that's, oh, that's kind of bad. But it's like, you said it still. He's such a fucking asshole. Um, okay. So, this next scene made me very uncomfortable. I want to know what you thought about Sebastian and his dad having a meal together. I need it explained, actually. Okay. So it's like Sebastian and his dad are out at a restaurant together and Sebastian's dad's kind of like asking him about his love life. Um, And so there's something like he brings up this like German exchange student that I guess he was seeing who like we never see on screen. And his dad says good call, which I think meant like, yeah, she was hot. Like, good job, son. See, okay, I thought that he meant it like because he said something like, um, that he wasn't talking to the German exchange student anymore, right? So I think that's after his dad's, like, good call. He's like, well, I'm not talking to her anymore because she has a boyfriend in Germany. And then his dad says, well, what's the point of that? Oh, so his dad so was So that's kind creepy. of the thing that made me think, yeah, where it's like, it's like, oh, you know what? It doesn't count when you're on another continent. See, I thought it was fucked up in a completely different way. I thought his dad was saying that the girl was ugly. Oh, well, yeah, it could, I mean, like, honestly, it's a little bit ambiguous, but I was reading it as his dad was, like, encouraging his son to be like, oh, my, you know, oh, my son, quite the ladies' man. No, I think you're right, though. I think, it, I think it you're just, right. like, he felt really sleazy. Like, he felt like the type who would take his son to a strip club, like, on his 18th birthday and be like, oh, I'm going to buy him your first lap dance, son. For sure. At 1,000%. Or he would go a step further and, like, take him to a brothel and be like, <laughs> right? pick one, pick one, son. I mean, like, he would give, you know, he would spring for the high-class escorts because yeah, he can, he can the afford the, the call in overnight. Only the best for our boy. Which, you know what, in that case, get that coin, girl. Because (laughs) they are rich. (laughs) Yeah, and he's an idiot, so. (laughs) Right? Rob him. Yeah. Hustlers. (laughs) Uh, So then Sebastian says in one of his little talking head interviews that he's, like, not going to tell his dad about Taylor because his dad isn't used to seeing him get serious about a girl. And I'm like, where? Where are you guys serious? I know. (laughs) Because you guys have hung out twice and... (laughs) like mumbled a bunch of dumb shit to each other like what's happening 
Uh, and so then I think his dad realizes that they are being filmed at this point. So then he like makes this like general thing where he's like, but you know, like stay in school because you have a lot of great opportunities ahead of you. So mm-hmm. stay focused, son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then the next scene, it cuts over to Taylor's actual gymnastics meet. It's going to be her first meet against a rival from the private school division. Division, uh, And so she's like nervous. Um, and then her ex-boyfriend Cole shows up. So I have mixed feelings about this. I think on one hand, it's kind of cute that he did show up. But on the other hand, like she's such a little like flighty, nervous yeah. little bird. Yep. And he makes her nervous. Uh, she still does really well. But like I, I would be kind of pissed, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, she's just, like, I don't know if this is the correct term, but she's not, like, self-possessed yet. hmm Like, she is very quiet and shy and reserved, and, like, she's, you know, like, she, like, let him berate her, basically, right before yeah. she was gonna go do this thing. I don't think she's insecure, necessarily, but I think she's very self-conscious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they, um, they, like, she goes over and they awkwardly chit-chat, um, and he even says, like, oh, why you look so upset? And she's just like, because. But she's just, like, smiling and kind of just, like, staring straight out because she, like, can't actually have, like, a confrontation with him. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, he gets, like, I don't like this. He says that, you know, like, well, we're going to hang out after this and we're going to have a deep conversation, you know, because uh, I've heard this stuff about you and Sebastian. And he's, like, not being, like, a direct asshole about it. He's keeping it very, like, light and kind of surface level. But it's mm-hmm. still, like... That's being an asshole because that's not the thing to say to someone right before they're about to go compete. Yeah, like he's const- like consistently telling her what she's going to do. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we'll get to it in a minute, but like their date is also like so like cringy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Taylor's voiceover says that she really hates Cole knowing about Sebastian, that having her or having him there is really throwing her off. But we see her compete. Um, we see her do the floor routine. So... I'm not particularly impressed because I only watch gymnastics when it's the Olympics. So I have a very skewed idea of what <laughs> gymnastics is supposed to look like. Because I'm just like, mm, she's not Simone. She's no Simone Biles. So. <laughs> I mean, you listen to uh, you listen to uh, Race Chaser, right? Uh, occasionally. I used to, but I there's there's so much to listen to, Troy. I only have no, so I get many it. hours in my week. <laughs> She gave the judges nooch. Like, she gave them nothing. It was not great, not bad. Mm. It was, like, mm-hmm. the most bland. Like, she just is not a girl who, like, lives out loud yet in <laughs> any way. Like, she was she's... a Nasha Lopez level. <laughs> like, literally, she, like, gave them Charlie Hines, like, got up there and, like, kind of kicked her feet. And then, like, that Ouch. was the routine. <laughs> <laughs> so cruel. <laughs> you know, she's, like, a 12-year-old girl, and I'm, like, 31. Like, gross. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, she's a grown-ass woman now in 2020. Very true. Um, so, yeah. it's But her teammates are super impressed, and then, like, they get the scores back, and she does super well, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, my God, you did amazing. Like, smile. Yeah. Um, and she so got then, them a point five higher than the last time. Like, good for her. Yeah. I, I don't know. Gymnastics always looks kind of awkward, like, just by nature of what you're supposed to do in a floor routine. Like, it just doesn't look good. Right. And so the Olympic-level athletes, of course, like, they're incredible because they can make this awkward thing where you have to, like, turn and look one way and then do, like, a quarter turn and then, like, kick your heel up and then you do a flip. So. <laughs> yeah. And do, like, a hip-hop and, like, yeah. <laughs> like jazz fingers thingy. Mm-hmm. So then she and Cole go out after her meet. Um, So this is significant because 
she they actually go out to a vegan restaurant and she says that you know cole took her to a vegan restaurant where she can eat anything and when she went out with sebastian he took her to a french restaurant where all she could have was the green salad with no dressing (laughs) he's thoughtful uh i mean i appreciate that at least because like dear god sebastian where he's just like oh yeah this is fine like for him to not be like let's go like let's leave everything here has butter and cheese in it he like took her to the texas roadhouse and just like made her sit there (laughs) he's like you're fine with this right (laughs) you don't mind if i eat all of this like butter and seafood (laughs) while you eat like lettuce and a plate that they had to find for you Um, so Cole asks about Sebastian again, which is obnoxious, and Taylor's, like, super nervous to be having this conversation. Yeah, this is my, this is actually my favorite part of the whole episode, uh, when he says, she's like, give me three reasons why, like, I should choose you, like, why are you the one that I should be with? And he says, well, he immediately has, first of all, he says, I want you to date me again. He's (laughs) like, I want you to be with me again, Okay. So let's make that happen. I want you to be with me again. Like he like Reason tells one her, is because I want it. Yeah, he's like I want it. So let's make it happen. And she goes, well, why should I date you? Like, give me three reasons. And he goes, I compromise. He goes, obviously, I would have taken you to McDonald's and gotten something on the dollar menu, but I brought you to this restaurant, so I compromise. Ugh. She's like, okay, great. So you won't take me to the dollar menu. <laughs> That's what? the reason. <laughs> he's like, you like my friends. She's like, okay. Oh, But his friends aren't in prep school and aren't going to increase her social status like Sebastian's friends will. Yeah, they're not wealthy. Hello. (laughs) And he's like, and um, I'm supportive. I came to your gymnastics thing. Went uninvited and specifically (laughs) made her nervous beforehand. Yeah, and and came so that you could tell me you came. Yeah. Like, you came to hold it over my head. Yeah. It's like, and what's tricky here, listening to you list it out is really helping me, like, clear, be, like, clarified. Because, you know, in my heart, deep down, I'm still that, like, insecure teenage girl where it's, like, if a boy is paying me attention, I'm just like, oh. And so yeah. he's cute and he's a smooth talker and he knows how to keep it, like, light and make mm-hmm. it feel, like, not so, like, I'm telling you what to do. So right. I even wrote, I was like, oh, he's being pretty cute and he's doing kind of well, but he's also being, like, a little bit of a fuck boy. And, like, hearing you say everything, I was like, oh, no, what a monster. Right. And then then you can understand, too, like, especially for somebody like her who is sort of, like, not in any way, shape, or form, like, aware of who she is yet. She's, like, not really confident. Like, he is very, like, he just, like, tells her what to do. Mm -hmm. And when you're, like, 15, that's, like, kind of hot. You're, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's mature. You'd, you'd, like, mistake all these terrible qualities for, like, him being a real ass man and you're like no he's just an asshole he's a little there is many a sarah Dessen novel warning teenage girls against just that yeah beware um yeah so he then tells her he's like so how about this you and i like hang out tonight and then tonight you call up sebastian and you tell him hey don't talk to me again don't im me don't message me i'm with cole now like, ooh. And you know that he only wants to be with her because he found out that there's somebody else interested. Otherwise, he wouldn't even be having dinner with her. Or even darker, he just wants to be on television. Because oh, she's yeah. on a TV show now. That's true. So, I don't know. We don't know too much about this Cole boy, but... Yeah, he did really seem to love being on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He made sure that he looked good on TV showing up for her gymnastics meet. Like, look, I support you. Mm-hmm. That is so true. 
Um, so she has another little talking head where she says that she's not sure what she wants to do because dating is important to your status in the prep school scene. <laughs> I cannot. I can't. Uh, and then she's like, well, like, maybe we can hang out sometime. And he's like, okay, so does that mean we're going out again? And she's like, yeah, I guess. He's like, just told her that he's da- that she's dating him. She's like, okay. So then that's it. That's the end is with that romantic uh, evening at the vegan restaurant. Yeah. Um, you chose a really good episode, though. I mean, it really, like, this episode, I think, encompassed all of the... Um, like, the nuance that happens the whole season. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of it takes place in this episode. Like yeah, the... I'm glad you think that. Yeah, I think this was a good one to talk about. Definitely some interesting. And, like, the interesting parts of the love triangle, of a, of a love triangle that overall is, like, incredibly uninteresting. Yeah, like, <laughs> right, yeah. All the best parts of it. And then, I mean, this is peak. Well, this actually isn't even, like, the peak episode. Because I think the episode that was not available on uh, online was mm-hmm. one where, like, PC does a photo shoot with, like, a bunch of gay guys. Oh, yeah. I, like, tried to read the descriptions. And, I mean, of course, I, I remember that one <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> um, but I remember he, like, did a photo shoot with all these gay guys and they were all hitting on him because they assumed that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And they were all trying to get him, you know, to, like, leave with them and stuff and, like... He was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I'm comfortable enough that, like, I don't mind when, like, gay people hit on me. It's like, you know, it's not a big deal for me. You know, he was, like, living uh, for it. But it's like, that's such a weird thing to say if you're, like, allegedly bisexual. Like, yeah, of course you're comfortable sex- with your sexuality. If a person, like, who falls into the category of, like, people you have attraction towards right. is, like, flirting with you. Yeah. So that's like a weird thing to say because like I would never be like oh I'm I'm comfortable with my sexuality like that's why I'm okay with these people like making a pass at me like yeah I don't know yes. that's weird yeah it was super weird all right so let's touch on the where are they nows okay um, so I'm interested to see what you know since you did you keep up with them like I know you kept up with PC but like the rest of them because some of them have really scrubbed their like presence from the internet. Yeah, I think that this show, like, I read a really interesting, I think it was, like, a New York a New York Post article that came out the year this aired, mm-hmm. and it was about, like, and it was the year after, and it was, like, um, about how, like, this show has obviously affected their lives in, like, a really intense way, and they've had a hard time with, like, school and with work, and they are known now as these, like, bratty twats, and <laughs> everybody hated these kids, and they were, like, ridiculed and made fun of, um... But the really interesting thing is that they, like you said, they have all kind of scrubbed their presence online. Like, they're really hard to find. And it's almost like this, like, affected them to the point that they just, like, never really even got into, like, the social media media era of, yeah. like, the internet. So what's interesting is, like, some of them touched on it a little bit. Like, Camille and Kelly both had Twitters that were open in, like, 2013. So a few years after this aired. And then I think that was when, because this show used to be on Netflix. So that's what I found is, like, a lot of people were talking about how they watched on Netflix in 2013. Mm-hmm. But now that it's off Netflix, it's just, like, they, no one wants to have anything to do with it. Um, I do know that... Sebastian worked for Bravo. Yes. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, I found that as well. That's fun. Um, So let's go through it. So let's just do Sebastian first because okay. you just mentioned that. So 
He graduated from the Ross School in 2011, so that's the school that he was attending. Um, and then he went to College of Charleston in Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> where he probably rubbed elbows with many people that I also went to high school with because that's not a very large school. <laughs> that is so funny. It's like so weird to think about. And then, I mean, I don't know if Morgan ever saw him, if he was coming and going from like her house where she was living, but he went on to date a girl that was roommates with my friend and left four loco cans lying around their room. <laughs> uh, so he majored in international relations with a concentration in Africa because that's what we need is more white men as experts in Africa. <laughs> oh my God. Graduated in 2015, just like me. <laughs> um, so yeah, he worked, he interned um, for Bravo and he was a Watch What Happens Live bartender in an episode back in 2015. Yeah, I'll never forget it. I was like the, probably the most uh, starstruck I've ever been. <laughs> he looked pretty cute too. Yeah, he like got he had a haircut. He was evolving. Yeah, I actually I follow him on Instagram. Dark. Oh my gosh, he's his Instagram is pretty cute. I like look through it. Yeah, it's chill. Like none of these people want to be like influencers or anything. Like yeah. they're just like they just exist. He's head of real estate at June Homes. I don't know what that means, but it seems like he's doing well. Uh, it looks like he got married last year. His wife mm-hmm. is really beautiful, like classic, just beautiful, bland, blonde lady. Yeah, yeah. And they, like, compliment each other. He looks really good still. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally looks just like himself without his hair. Yeah. Uh, so he seems like he's doing great. Like, they're all doing fine because they're yeah. very, very wealthy. <laughs> I hope that I, I want to try and find the clip of him bartending on Watch What Happens because obviously Andy showed a bunch of clips to embarrass him (laughs) and it was so funny watching him watch himself like talk about hooking up and stuff when he's like 12 (laughs) yes if you find that please send that to me okay um so camille she so her big thing was that she was going to go to harvard but she did not go to harvard she ended up attending the college of william and mary graduated in 2014 uh, she had an active Twitter in 2013 where she specifically like had in her bio that she was on NYC Prep, but it has since been made private. Can't get into her Twitter at all. Um, I did find her LinkedIn, and she is now. Now this is what kills me. She is the senior manager, senior manager of brand and product development for Arbon, which is an MLM. Which Janessa, who was Whoa. the contestant from last week Bridal Plasty that I talked about, also currently works for like the corporate like corporate Arbon. No way. So I want to know what it is. Like I need to get like the dream podcast on here. Like we need a crossover because what is it with these reality TV stars? You know, leaving and then going into this weird like MLM corporate world. That's I was not expecting you to say that at all. Yeah, I just I don't know. I was shocked. Um, seems like she's doing really well. She had like one of those endorsements on LinkedIn where it was like she's a great person to work with and so uplifting. So good for her. Wow. Uh, but that's basically all I could find. She's pretty private now. I couldn't really didn't find much else. Yeah, I don't think I know anything. About, I don't clearly don't know anything about her. <laughs> Because she, like, locks it down and keeps it professional, keeps it moving. Yeah. Um, Jessie is another one who keeps it, really, like, really tight. Couldn't really find anything for her. Um, she enrolled in the Fashion Institute of Technology in 2009 after she graduated. Not sure when she ended up graduating, but she did. Uh, interned at Carmen, Mark Volvo, Cynthia Rowley. Um, as of whenever I read this art, like this article, I think it was like from 2014. So who knows if this is still true, but she was working as a visual merchandiser for Chanel. So good for her. 
Um, I do know, I read in that article that the perception after the show ended was that she was the one that got got it the worst. Like, she was, like, the one that got the worst uh, mm. backlash. Because she was, like, the bitch of the, the season. Yeah, she was, like, the villain. And, I mean, if, if you could say that this show had one, I guess she would be it. And... Uh, which is hilarious because like PC was like a vile monster, but like she was the villain. <laughs> yes. Um And she okay. Was, like, let's let. Can we take a minute to talk about because I do really appreciate something that I heard you say on <laughs> the Lady. You remember this podcast today? What really stuck with me was you saying that like you're all about defending women from the 2000s. Right. Yeah. And like this is such a great example of that. Is like a woman can be villainized just for being like I I just want to take things seriously. It's my senior year. I just want to focus on my friends and like the things that I have going on. Yeah. And like it's like she's a monster. And then there's this man who it's like well he's cute and wears scarves and eyeliner and he says all of these like snappy things, but like they're so cutting and horrible. Right. So like yeah. he's like gross. Like he like regularly asks the girls if they're virgins and mm-hmm. he's like disgusting. And she literally, and, like, his whole image on the show is that he's, like, mean and that he's an asshole. That's, like, his thing. He loves it. He loves the negative attention that he gets. And her worst quality is that she's, like, kind of neurotic and, Mm -hmm. you know, likes her best thing. She's a crush on her best friend. And, I mean, but, yeah, she got it the worst. And she said, like, you know, at a certain point, once you've been told that you're, like, fat and that you have ugly teeth and that your face is ugly and that you have a penis and all these things so many times, like, you just kind of don't even care anymore. But, yeah, like, she was the one that really got beaten up, like, bad after the show. Yeah, it's horrible. But I bet, I mean, I'm sure she's still doing, like, really well in the world of fashion. It's just oh, yeah. keeping her head down and living her dreams. So I'm sure she came out on top at the end of the day. Oh, for I mean, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so then Kelly, uh, she graduated in 2010, enrolled at the new school, which I only found out because I found her, like, private personal Facebook. Because <laughs> she also does not have a big social media footprint. Um, she did continue to pursue, pursue her music career, like, as of 2013. Uh, you could find her Twitter, which was Kelly Official, with two L's on the end. Um, <laughs> and she posted a tweet where she was like, visit my website kellymusic.com and you click on it and it doesn't exist anymore so not sure where she's going with that god it's so Um, crazy but according to her linkedin which i also found she now works uh publicity at arista records in new york so she's still in the music biz but kind of on the back end sort of things it's just so weird like such a different time that like these kids would be on this show and then immediately after want to like separate themselves from it and not get swept up into like the instagram of it because that option wasn't there like they just did this show and then they were done doing tv and done being famous and they were done with it all yeah that's like i literally had this thought last week as i was like doing research and it's a little bit different because you know they already have a level of like fame and like you know the fabulous life just by being these like incredibly rich teens right but i was doing bridal plasty and there are all these just like normal ass women who are like i can't afford a wedding and all this plastic surgery that i want so i'm going on this competition show yeah it's just like wild to like go and find them and be able to find them and they're just normal people living a normal life and it's like i could message you and be like hey (laughs) yeah i could fuck your day up by bringing up this like horribly embarrassing thing you did 10 years ago but you know i'm not going to because like i recognize how weird that would be it's so fucking weird and like now it's like now it's like not enough to just be a wealthy kid like 
you have to have like a a following or like a brand or like yes, something yeah. like you have to have some sort of like thing that you like present to the internet and like there's a hook or a way to monetize it or something that like yeah branding yourself and how can you maintain that and how is your brand going to evolve over time yeah and you can tell what all of these kids social medias would be like Jesse would be she would Lauren Conrad the fuck out of these hoes or now are you kidding me? She would be such a classic influencer on Instagram selling fucking gummy bears and posting outfits of the day. Like that, if she was, you know what but I mean? She could, like there's really nothing holding her back though because Lauren Conrad was before her time. Like Laguna Beach was pre-NYC prep. And that's they true. managed to, you know, le- le- leverage all of that into... So that's, another, that's what's interesting. Yeah, it's like why haven't these... And I think... What I'm thinking as I'm saying this, I'm thinking out loud. I think that that's maybe the dividing line of the wealth was that these people yep. were just a little bit higher in the upper class. They were a little bit more old money, whereas Laguna yep. Beach was new money. Yep. So I think that's where it is. I, I 100% agree with you. Like, it's just like a, they really, really, truly did care about their reputations in a way that Chris and Cavallari didn't need to. <laughs> yes. Um. But ironically, Taylor D. Giovanni, the one who arguably had none of that, she's the one that has no digital footprint. I could not find this woman. Really? Now, I mean, her name is Taylor D. Giovanni, which is more common than some of these other names, and she doesn't have the whole like family power to like help with a search engine optimization. But I, she has a Twitter from when the show was like airing or right after it was on Netflix or whatever. But she's never tweeted, or if she tweeted, she's deleted all of them. That she is crazy to has me. no Facebook that I could find. Like, nothing. Like, just the fact that you can be on a show like this and, like, live in some small version of, like, a zeitgeist. But, like, you're just, you just don't exist on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird thing. I, it's so strange because literally I've found, like, random ass contestants on Fear Factor. Yeah, I've yeah. I've found what, what they're up to now. Why can't I find her? <laughs> I remember one of my so like one of my best friend's husbands was on Fear Factor, <laughs> and it's like my, my favorite thing. When, whenever we drink at their house, he always like makes like it's like him pulling out his Letterman's jacket. Oh, like he like God. makes us watch the DVD of like his time on the show. What um, era? When was this? Like early. I mean, like actually, like peak Fear Factor. Like less on Fox. Uh, you know, like yeah. I mean, he. Him and his friend came in second. Like, they almost won. Or no, I think that he actually may have won. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he was on Fear Factor. And it's just like, yeah, like, he, like, lives a normal life and, like, lives where I live and has a baby. And you know what I mean? Like, he he drives past people's houses and, like, people don't know that he just was on Fear Factor. It's you know what I mean? like, absurd. And it's one thing when it's, like, Fear Factor because it's like, okay, that's just one episode. That's, like, you took one day out of your life to do this. But when you committed right. to an entire season of television and you're one of six cast members. Yeah. And, like, you as a 15-year-old girl is a part of, like, a pop, like, you have, like, a cult following mm-hmm. of people that, like, know this really specific time of your life when you were like a teenager it's just so, so it's so weird so all right in nyc prep cult following army if you know where taylor is someone message me please because i'm oh so God. curious I would like love let me to know. know look for her is she on the streets like is she still alive who knows oh my god i would love to know i so, want to know what kind of adult she is is she an elephant trainer 
Is she a philosopher? <laughs> Maybe that's why she's off the map, because she's, like, in Africa. I mean, it could be. She is just, like, uh, she changed her name, and she's a circus clown. Like, who knows? <laughs> yeah. She's in Cirque du Soleil. Like, who knows? <laughs> um, and then PC. So he is the one who is really the juiciest. So right. he enrolled at Rollins College, Raleigh Collie, as we called it when I went to school in Florida. <laughs> um, he now appears to be a photographer based on his website and his Instagram. Yeah. But what's interesting is he married a woman named Quentin, as women are not often named, uh, Quentin Esme Brown in a Las Vegas chapel, and Tiffany Trump was their flower girl. Yeah. What kind of, like, there? if there's anything that makes me convinced that we live in a simulation, oh my God. it's that the algorithm fucked up and, like, threw these people together in a Las Vegas chapel, and they were like, Tiffany Trump, flower girl, Las Vegas wedding, <laughs> PC. The... The most hilarious thing about it is, like, the articles all obviously troll Tiffany for being the flower girl. And they all, one of them, I think it was, like, Daily Mail was, like, Tiffany teetered down the aisle in her In her, her platform. tight black dress. Yeah, her tight black dress and her platform pumps and extensions to the ground. Like, it was <laughs> so. feather, like, flower petals as she went. <laughs> it yeah. was so shady. But the wedding was basically just, like, a, they had, like, a, a joke I mean, like, they barely take their, this marriage, like, they don't try and hide what this marriage is. And, like, I was reading online about how there needs to be a new term for, like, this kind of bearding, because it's, like, open bearding. It's not, like, A lavender marriage that is explicit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, but what's, what's the point? I, I don't know. I, I really don't I'm know. Saying. It makes me think, like, the only thing that I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of, like, Sex in the City. Um, Stanford's grandmother, how he doesn't get his inheritance until he gets married. Like, does PC as, like, billionaire grandfather, is he just, like, oblivious to what this is? And he's like, there you go, I'll cut you the check now. See, that's what I, I think that it has to be for, like, just saving face for family and the possibility of having children. I mean, his family is incredibly conservative. I know that, like, his grandfather or his great uncle or someone, like, worked in the Nixon administration, so. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because he is anti-Trump. I know. So he's posted, like, as recently as back in December, he posted about the impeachment yeah. on his Instagram. And Tiffany was his flower girl. It's so weird. It's just, I, I, I'm endlessly fascinated by him still. I think that it's just, like, the, you know, the 19-year-old in me jumping out <laughs> where I'm, like, I still, like, want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and I also just read this, uh guest of a guest did this like this top 10 list of socialites that you used to care about but don't anymore (laughs) and he was like number four on the list he was like Mm -hmm. high up yeah he's he's an interesting one um and that's definitely an interesting place to land with his where are they now because it's just he's still doing his thing like yeah when i like found googling about his wedding because this is weird i found this random forum that was just like gay boy pc peterson got married to this beard and all of these like i don't know incels or trolls giggling about this and i was like who are you people and why are you talking about this but people are creepily obsessed with him ah uh, so yeah that's that's what everyone is up to now um so we come to our final question which is does it hold up slash is it worth a rewatch so from your perspective as someone who like loved this show mm-hmm. what do you think um, I mean, it's definitely worth 
a rewatch. It is, I will say that I think that it's a, a show that would be hard to, it's a nostalgic show. I think it would be hard to introduce somebody who doesn't love reality TV to a show like this mm -hmm. and have them sit through the whole thing and enjoy it. I feel like you have to either be like a person like you who like just loves reality TV no matter what mm -hmm. or somebody who watched it because this isn't like a gateway drug show. Yeah. I mean, even for me, I was like watching it. And I was like, this isn't super interesting. Like, it's not as good as Laguna. It's not as good as Real Housewives. It's just falling a little bit short for me in like just certain areas. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly where that is because it has all of the ingredients, but it just doesn't really like, I don't know, maybe if the first half of the season had kind of carried over because I really feel like it fizzles out towards the end. I agree. There was just, it just, it seemed like, there wasn't a lot going on. They just weren't doing anything. And then, there were, like, no stakes. Yeah, there were no stakes. And then the stuff that they probably were doing... I mean, Bravo can't show a bunch of 15-year-old kids getting hammered and having sex yeah. on camera. Like, the stuff that they were probably allowed to show was, you know, so limited. I'm sure they filmed crazy shit that they had to <laughs> cut out. Um, but, yeah, they just... There wasn't anything going on. It's like... It, the stakes of this show are literally will Sebastian choose Taylor or <laughs> Kelly? I mean, like, or whatever. Yeah. Come on. Like, it's absurd. Yeah. Is Taylor going to choose Sebastian or Cole? Is yeah. Sebastian going to choose <laughs> Taylor or Kelly? What school will Camille go to? Right. Like, and okay. is PC, are PC and Kelly or PC and Jesse going to date? There's, like, the weird, like, back-end sort of um, that I missed a lot of because I missed those two episodes where it's, like, PC takes Taylor under his wing as his protege. Oh, yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Like, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a show that I feel like definitely, like, lacked direction. It had, like, good intentions, but, like, I feel like at a certain point while they were filming it, they were, like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I've, I've never been a Bravo head. Like, it's always just been, you know, I've it was never for me. And so I feel like coming back and introducing myself to the world of Bravo, I've just seen them do it better in so many right. other examples that I was just kind of unimpressed watching this. Agree. I actually am happy you brought that up. I will say the thing about this show is that it's a part of, like, it's a part of that dynasty of shows from Bravo that were weird. The best thing about Bravo is that their shows are very weird, especially during this time, like at their peak. Weird, <laughs> experimental, like, they're just, they literally have really strange concepts for shows that you would never imagine they work. Something like A Shaz of Sunset, and there's no reason why it should work, but it just does. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, I appreciate those shows that did have one season that, like, you know, 20 years later, people care about, like, you know yeah and it, it i love that as in principle i love that like genre in yeah. in reality this was not done to my standard of that genre i get that like a uh, pretty wild or something yes and that yeah. is one that i like i haven't done because it's like i know that it's so iconic i really want to wait until i have the time to like soak it in yeah this is not a perfect pretty wild anybody who's watched that show would say it is the perfect one season of a show. Bridal Plasty, because I cannot ta stop talking about it. I'm obsessed with that show. Like, yeah, it's like one season, one and done, in and out, and it's just like, it. it's so good. It's so well yeah. done. You can watch it over and over and over. And I've watched it Pretty has Wild. a storyline, yeah. Yeah, I watch that show every year, every single year. Probably <laughs> a few times per year. I can never do that with this. Yes, yeah. So... 
All right. Well, uh, we've made it to the end. Um, Troy, what plug what you got to plug. Tell us where we can find <laughs> uh, Well, my podcast is called The Smush Room. S-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M. <laughs> T-H-E. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, not T-H-E-E like Megan the Stallion <laughs> <laughs> you gotta clarify now we have to spell it out <laughs> um, and yeah I mean if you I mean it's on iTunes and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and stuff and then I'm on the internet at Troy McEady T-R-O-Y M-C-E-A-D-Y all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was amazing as always. Um, I love talking to you. You're just, you're the best. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so happy I had to come back. And we need to, f- that we now we have to figure out what we're doing for my podcast. Like, what, okay, what great. Like, we'll all stop recording in like two seconds and we'll chat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Um, so everyone, please, if you haven't already, I would love if you could leave me a five-star rating and review. That is very helpful. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about it. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast. Podcast, Instagram, Snapback to Reality Pod. You can follow my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley or email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. Troy, it was lovely talking to, to, talking to you this evening. Um, and yeah, we will chat very soon. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.